Welcome to the Rail Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Rail Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tronowski. As Todd presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading a PDF or PowerPoint version of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF is available now at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads of the Rail Market Update, as well as the weekly trucking market update with Avery Vice and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to the FTR State of Freight Rail Market Update Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. As always, I am your host, Todd Dronowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and hear what's going on in the rail world, how volumes are trending, where they're headed, and what they're, what they're doing as we go forward here. I want to thank you, as always, for taking time out of your busy week to uh, come be a part of it. Without you, we wouldn't have this podcast, so we thank you for uh, being a part of it. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of good news in the volumes this week. Uh, the volumes are not particularly a great news story, uh, but we will talk about them a little bit and talk about why that uh, why that might be. On the intermodal side of the house, there was no pre-Lunar New Year volume bump at all. In fact, volumes went a little bit in the opposite direction, and that's with a little bit of a bump from the Union Pacific as they got past uh, the worst of their bridge outage that they had a couple of weeks back in New Mexico and started to normalize from that. Uh, even with that bump in volumes, uh, overall, uh, volumes went the opposite way in intermodal. In fact, the, the brightest spot in intermodal was uh, the second consecutive week of sequential gains in the trailer market. But that's a trailer market that's still 5,000 trailers a week below where it was just this time last year. So uh, that is a little bit of good news, but it is uh, a very much a drop in the bucket when you look at the overall uh, picture of things as we go forward in time. On the carload side, carload volumes took a meaningful step down on a sequential basis. Carload volumes uh, moved below their five-year average levels in most cases in the latest week and definitely showed a weakening sequential trend. Now, that is important, and that is worth noting because of <coughs> excuse me, its potential read-through to the overall economy, to the overall uh, where things are headed in the industrial sectors. We've definitely seen a slowing in the overall economic indicators, industrial production, the ISM manufacturing index. They all show signs of slowing growth. And so as carload volumes downshift, we'll have to keep an eye on it and see just how, uh, just how deep, just how long this step down lasts to see if it's potentially a canary in the coal mine about the overall state of the industrial economy, the overall state uh, of the manufacturing economy. Time will tell, but certainly uh, there are worrisome numbers out there for uh, where things are headed. But first, let's talk about intermodal. Overall intermodal, not a great story. Not at all. We're as low as we were in the latest week uh, since week one, since the week of the new year that had a little bit of New Year holiday impact in it. Uh, we're, we're as low as we've been since that time. Uh, the remaining weeks of the year, yes, it's only three or four weeks, 
uh, but it's still not a great read-through. We are well below last year, about 4% below last year levels. We're more than that compared to the five-year average. There was no uh, bump before the Lunar New Year holiday. We didn't see any sign of that this year with the Lunar holiday uh, moving through the numbers over the next several weeks. We would unfortunately expect the intermodal number to get worse before it gets better. I know that's uh, maybe troubling to a lot of you in the intermodal space uh, when you hear me say that when we're already down 4% on a year-over-year basis, potentially uh, going worse than that over the next few weeks. Certainly, uh, that is something to keep an eye on. That is something to uh, watch very closely, uh, but it is something that we expect to happen. It is something that, unfortunately, I think is going to be, be with us in the intermodal space, there's this significant year-over-year decline, there's this very weak environment for most of the year. I don't think it's really going to improve much until you get into 2024. And so uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel for intermodal. It's just a long way off. And so you have to, to bear that in mind that for the next really six, nine, ten months, you're going to be in this very dark tunnel and have to think about how you're going to make your way to the other side. Looking at the trailer market, I said this was the, the bright news story, the good news story, if you will, over the, the rail and intermodal sectors. And you can see, uh, we are definitely, over the last two weeks, we were chugging in the right direction. We are uh, moving up. We're moving up and to the right, a chart a business major would love. However, uh, what business majors would not love are those year-over-year -year volume decline bars. Uh, they would not like how far we are from last year's level, how far we are uh, from the five-year average. So yes, we are improving in the trailer market. Uh, we are, <coughs> excuse me, we are significantly off of last year. We are significantly off of the five-year average. Uh, this is something we're going to have to deal with as we go forward in time with the trailer market as these numbers, if these numbers continue to decline uh, by 5,000 units a year, approximately that will call the question on the trailer market uh, maybe sooner rather than later, time will tell. Container volumes, as you would expect, this basically parallels overall intermodal, and you can see that. You can see that we are down below last year. We are well off the five-year average, and this weakness, like I talked about, doesn't show any real sign of getting better. It doesn't show any sort of impetus to get back to the five-year average, get back to last year. When you look at the overall competitive environment relative to competing truckload, uh, you get even more pessimistic when you look at what's going on with active truck utilization, uh, when you look at the diesel situation and what that means for truck rates. Uh, you don't exactly get the warm and fuzzy feelings about uh, intermodal container volume through the balance of the year. Pile on top of that, slowing imports, shifting imports to east and Gulf Coast ports, and certainly uh, the bad news just sort of keeps coming. The hits keep coming, if you will for intermodal to start 2023. Carload volume had held up pretty well to start the year. That trend may have shown some signs of changing here uh, in the latest week. We took a substantial sequential hit uh, from a volume perspective. We're still a little bit above last year. We're still a little bit above water, uh, but only by about a percent. So it's, it's very slow growth. It's well off the five-year average. Uh, normally, we see a little bit of seasonal decline in volumes, Throughout the first quarter, if that continues to happen from these levels, uh, we will turn negative on a year-over-year -year basis uh, fairly substantially for the next several weeks uh, before it moderates and then uh, goes back to a, a more negative position as we get to the 
the last four or five weeks of the quarter. But certainly the carload uh, sector is definitely showing some weakness in the last week, definitely showing uh, some declines. And we're going to have to keep an eye on it to see just how dramatic those declines get, those declines get, excuse me, against the backdrop of a slowing industrial economy and a slowing economy in general, uh, particularly an economy with so many downside risk factors uh, that are out there in the marketplace. So we will uh, keep an eye as we go forward uh, on the Carlo volume picture and see just exactly, uh, just exactly what we do. Economically sensitive freight uh, was not any better of a picture. If you were hoping to get some uh, good news from the, the, the core carload freight, if you will, uh, not so much. When you exclude agriculture, when you exclude petroleum, when you exclude coal, uh, the picture is essentially the same. Uh, a, a large sequential decline, uh, a little bit above last year, a little bit better above last year than the overall carload market is, but still well off that five-year average, well off uh, historical normal. I remind everybody when we're talking about year-over-year comparisons to 2022, 2022 was not the best year in the history of carload. Uh, it was a fairly weak year. It was not something that people would be proud of uh, to, to go back and report that, hey, we finished even with 2022. Uh, we would want to see growth over top of that. The fact that we are only a little bit above uh, on a year-over-year basis does not exactly, again, give you the warm and fuzzies about carload freight or the overall, the overall industrial economy. Uh, looking at the bulk sectors, uh, coal had had a very good start to the year, a surprisingly strong start to the year, as we've categorized it on this podcast in, in prior weeks. Uh, that train ended. Uh, it was a very significant downshift in the last week, about 10,000 carloads, in fact, uh, of a sequential downshift, uh, down below last year, down below the five-year average. And just so everybody's clear, when we're talking about coal or when we're talking about overall carload intermodal in general, uh, these numbers uh, are not affected by any issues on Norfolk Southern uh, related to their unfortunate derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. That derailment happened at 9 p.m. on a Friday night uh, of the week that these numbers ended, so it should have a very minimal impact on this week's results. Uh, it will definitely, it should definitively show up in next week's results uh, for the current week. We should definitely see an impact there again. So these numbers are probably going to get worse before they get better, uh, given that one of the main Eastern Railroad's primary routes, its premier route, in fact, by their own nomenclature, uh, <coughs> excuse me, is, is blocked and down uh, for the foreseeable future and has been down for essentially all of this week. But the, the numbers that we're looking at here uh, should not be affected by that in any way, or there should be very minimal impacts, if any, uh, given that just Saturday would have been reflected in the numbers we're looking at for purposes of this podcast. Uh, on the grain side of the house, uh, grain has also stepped down sequentially. We're back to where we were two weeks ago from a volume perspective. That tick up in volume that we got last week, well, we gave it all We gave it all right back this week. Now, we're still above last year. We're still above the five-year average. We're still in good shape from a grain perspective, uh, we're, but we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see uh, as we go forward. Do we have a more typical seasonal pattern this year? Do we bounce back up and then hold at those levels through the middle of the second quarter? Or do we do what we did last year and just sort of steadily decline volumes all the way through into the harvest? We would hope and we expect 
that we will perform more typically from a seasonal perspective this year. We would expect to move above that five-year average and run at or above uh, that number for most of this quarter and the second quarter. At least that's our, our present expectation. We will be surprised if it underperforms, given that we had a normal harvest this year, given that global grain demand remains high, uh, we would expect to see a more typical pattern, if not a little bit of a uh, little bit of extra uh, emphasis behind volumes as we as we move forward. So let's shift back into economically sensitive freight, and this is the one I've called it out in this podcast. I've called it out in other venues before. Uh, chemicals volumes could be our canary in the coal mine. We ticked up sequentially a little bit in the last week, but it is a little bit. It is not not much at all, really. We are still below the five-year average. We are still well off last year. <coughs> we are at a level where uh, we are not hopeful. Uh, this doesn't give anybody, again, the warm and fuzzies to go back to that, uh, that wording. We're not at any level that makes people feel good in the chemical space. Now, we're bouncing up a little bit, but it is really more... More like flat, really. It is such a, a bon, uh, such a minimal sequential gain week to week that it, it's almost not even worth noting. And this is something we have to watch because all of these base chemicals uh, that are in this category go into manufacturing and industrial processes across the economy and suggest that the economy is slowing when this number struggles to grow and struggles to get back to last year. And it's something we're going to have to watch over the next couple of weeks, not just for its impact on carload outlook, but its impact on the overall broader economic outlook. And it's something that we're definitely keeping ourselves well apprised of here in the, the weeks to come. Petroleum products, yes, it, <coughs> it bounced down sequentially uh, pretty significantly. But if you look at the five-year average, we normally get a volume erosion in the early part of the first quarter. So it's not too... Uh, not too out of the ordinary to expect that kind of behavior from petroleum products. We're still well above last year. We're a little bit below the five-year average, but we're certainly strongly above last year by about 10%. And we are at coming back into the range that we've been in for most of the post-pandemic period. We were above that for the first couple of weeks of 2022. Now we're coming back to that range again. So yes, it's moving down. It's not it's not reason for concern. It's not reason for alarm. It's essentially behaving seasonally, and we'll see what happens as we go through the balance of the year. But we would expect essentially a normal cadence in 2023 from the petroleum products, petroleum products markets. Stone, sand, and gravel, uh, a, a very significant week-to-week decline. Uh, we moved below our five-year average for the first time uh, in a long time, for the first time really going back to the Thanksgiving holiday <coughs> week, really before we saw uh, our numbers decline below the five-year average. And that being a holiday week, you have to go all the way back, uh, really almost to Labor Day. Uh, again, another holiday week where you get even with the five-year average. Before you get a, a clean holiday, a clean non-holiday week, you have to go uh, all the way back almost to uh, to before Memorial Day last year. And so it's certainly been a while since we've been below the five-year average in stone, sand, and gravel. We're still above last year by about 10%, but we'll have to see where this goes. We would expect it to bounce back up, particularly as the construction season uh, kicks into high gear here in the next 
month or six weeks in most places, but uh, certainly a little bit of a surprising drop here for stone sanding gravel in the latest week. Lumber and wood, no real change to this outlook. Uh, weakness, the week could get weaker. Sequentially, it moved off uh, where it had been moving, moved a little bit lower, closer to 5,700 or so carloads a week. That's below last year. That's below the five-year average. Uh, we don't see a whole lot of momentum for that to change. We don't see interest rates coming down. We don't see mortgage rates coming down. We don't see housing picking back up. Residential, uh, the outlook in our economic forecast for residential construction, uh, fairly weak. Fairly weak. Not nothing that says that we're going to see some resurgence in lumber and wood as we go through we go through the balance of the year. Pulp and paper, down a little bit sequentially. Still above last year, which is a good sign, but still... Uh, well off the five-year average. This is one category uh, that, as was pointed out to me, uh, flat's an okay number in pulp and paper, given uh, where it has been, given how weak it has been. Uh, if you're treading water, if you're continuing to hold levels that you've held in the past, that, that's okay. We'll take that, given uh, where we have been in pulp and paper. And that's, that's essentially where we are. We'll have to see where we go from here. I don't see a huge run-up. I don't see a huge recovery here. But it certainly has the potential to at least hold on to present levels as we go through the balance of the year. Automotive volumes, again, like a lot of these commodities, a little bit of sequential weakness, uh, definitely trending weaker. We were at the five-year average in the second week of the year. We have come off of that. We're a lot closer to uh, 2021, uh, 2022, excuse me, than our five-year average uh, in the latest week. And we'll have to watch where this goes as we move forward. Automotive inventories are one of the inventory sectors that have really increased dramatically over the last month. That's all well and good. The automotive industry is, you know, cycling some of its production issues, cycling some of its semiconductor issues. Uh, those are great things. Those are great to see production back online, great to see uh, volumes coming back to more normal historical levels. But if buyers aren't there, if inventories go up and dealers can't move inventory, that will eventually come back up the chain, that will eventually lead to production cutbacks, that will eventually lead to uh, this number, the automotive loadings number, coming down. And so we'll have to keep an eye on that and see with interest rates high, with folks feeling uncertain about the economy, folks looking at the volatility in their 401k accounts and whatnot, maybe getting less than they expected back in their income tax refund check. Uh, certainly this is something that, we're going to have to watch as we go through the year where inventory, uh, if it's not worked off, if it's not that pent-up demand that had been inspected to be there, is not there, then this is something that we could see some downward revision to, some downward weakness in as we go through the year. Time will, time will certainly tell. And with that, let's, let's wrap it up. Unfortunately, intermodal volume weakness is significant and probably getting more significant in the weeks to come. Uh, as we go through the Lunar New Year period, it's been a, a very weak year, and competitively, it's probably going to be another tough year for intermodal. That's just uh, the way it is with all the competitive factors that are out there and weighing on the sector at this point in time. On the carload side, the uh, volumes have started to weaken. They weakened sequentially pretty significantly. We'll have to see if that continues. We'll have to see if it's a one-week blip or if there's uh, more to it than that, but certainly uh, there is a weak outlook out there in the industrial sector, in the ISM sector. Uh, inventories are building in some sectors, as we talked about with automotive. Uh, we will have to wait and see, but certainly not a good news story, not a 
positive story, certainly, uh, for intermodal workcar loan as we enter the second month of 2023. And with that, I'd like to thank you all for listening this week. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Feel free to reach at any time to myself or any member of the FTR team if you have any questions. Always great to talk about the industry, talk about what you're hearing in the podcast, what you're hearing in the reports, what you're seeing in your business. Love to have those conversations. It is literally one of the reasons we get up in the morning. So feel free to reach out at any point. Uh, and that, with that, I'm going to wrap it up this week. I am, as always, your host, Todd Tranowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal on the FTR Rail, State of Freight Rail Market Update Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week. That's it for this week's Rail Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast. The Rail Market Update will be published each week along with a downloadable PDF of the presentation. If you find this transportation intelligence useful, please take a moment to give us a positive rating on your podcast platform of choice and send us your feedback by email at podcast.ftrintel.com. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business. 